Man, oh man, what a good Christmas, I tell ya. That was really such an enjoyable one, and I spent so many great moments with my friends and family. I got so many great gifts. I can't wait till 2023 starts so I can start working on Hyrulean Reviews Adventure Time yet again. In the meanwhile, I guess I might as well play some games. Let's see here. Uh, Stray? Yeah. Oh, wait, I already beat that one. Uh, High on Life? <laughs> um, maybe I shouldn't play that. Uh, oh, fuck. Is that clock right? No, it's February 2023. Shit, 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 shit. Uh, hey folks, Hyrulean here. Uh, let me get myself together for a moment. <laughs> I'll be right back. Where were we? Uh, right, Apocalypse. Uh, what else was here? Fuck. Right, we finished 26 episodes of season 5, but this season is double in length, so we actually have 26 more to go. Uh, right, right, okay, where was my notes for the next 5 episodes? Okay, okay, don't talk about Justin Roiland, okay, okay. Uh, yes, okay. Uh, right, you folks probably are looking for Adventure Time reviews, aren't you? Well, uh, thankfully for you... I've got the next five episodes right here, so uh, I guess we better we better uh, uh, start talking about them, huh? Uh, so, folks, without further ado, here is the next five episodes of Adventure Time episodes 27 through 31 of season five of Adventure Time. Uh, hopefully, I can uh, remember what I was meant to talk about here. Uh, yeah, let's uh, let's see what we got here. Okay, it looks like I'm trying to revamp the process a little bit, uh, lower the amount of detail in the summary, and focus on the important plot points. Right, right, that's what I was planning. I remember now. Okay, I think I have everything in line here. Uh, let's let's try this out. <clears throat> Season 5, episode 27, Jake Suits. That's right, let's get right back into it. Absolutely no delay since the last episode whatsoever, and talk about this one. So Jake Suits is an episode with the plot line as follows. Finn has decided to start wearing Jake as a suit of armor. And basically, he has a lot of fun running around and hurting himself because he can't feel any of the pain because Jake is physically blocking his entire body. Finn literally crawls into his mouth. And Jake, on the other hand, does feel all the pain. And after Finn does a like quadruple somersault off the roof of the treehouse onto a fence, busting Jake's balls, Jake decides that he has enough and he tells Finn that they need to cut it out. And Finn basically denies the fact that it would hurt Jake, saying that it's just a little bit of pain, it's nothing too serious. So they form a bet, and the bet is that Finn will not basically make Jake stop wearing him as a suit of armor. So Jake climbs inside, stretches out through Finn's entire body, uh, grossly going into all of his veins and muscles and 
uh, basically taking control of him. Not quite as well as Finn was taking control of Jake, but, you know, it gets the job done. And essentially, uh, Jake attempts to do a bunch of stuff to make Finn give up and stop letting Jake control him, including reading books, you know, doing physical pain stuff to him, making him watch as Jake eats a meatloaf that Finn really, really likes, and other such torments. And all of them happen to fail. Finn doesn't care that Jake is making him read a boring book about a boring man's dreams. He doesn't care that he's forcing him to watch Jake eat his favorite meatloaf. He starts to care, but then realizes it's probably fine when Jake forces Finn to perform the buff baby dance in front of his girlfriend, Flame Princess's family. And ultimately, he ends up not caring when Jake starts to pilot his body into an active volcano. And so essentially, Finn never says uncle. Jake has to kind of be like, wow, I guess you're right, man. Uh, it really is just pain. It's really nothing after all. And I have a genuine complaint as a friend, but it doesn't matter because you proved me wrong in the form of a bet. And so naturally, uh, Finn pilots Jake once more and hops into the volcano. And immediately, they both get burnt to a crisp and end up in the hospital in the Candy Kingdom. And when they're in the hospital, the nurses come out. And they are none other than the clown nurses from before. Uh, back to give Finn and Jake smooches until they are better and Finn of course gets his retribution from this because he hates the nurse clowns uh, but Jake gets to live it up because he loves the nurse clowns so that's sort of the general plot of this one Finn and Jake have a stupid bet Finn doesn't learn a lesson after being an asshole to his friend so let's talk about some of the more specifics shall we so was this a filler episode? Obviously, yes. I did not manage to spot the snail in this or the next five episodes. And no, there were no fart jokes. A uh, cool part of the episode was when Flame Princess invited Finn to meet her family. Uh, his special occasion phone rang. Apparently, Finn has a special phone that only rings when somebody is calling about inviting him to a special occasion, which I thought was a funny gag. Um, also, some other funny moments were when Finn made Jake do like a quadruple flip off the treehouse roof, busting his balls. Uh, Jake trying to bore Finn by making him read a book, and then Finn ends up liking it. Uh, and of course, the return of the buff baby dance. It was really funny when Jake made Finn do the buff baby dance as an adult great callback love to see it uh, and also another funny moment was when Jake's son TV actually recommends Jake pilot Finn's body into an active volcano to try and get him to give up which doesn't ultimately end up working but it was nice to see Jake's kids and kind of get a little update on how they're doing uh, and as a side note Jake's son TV is actually voiced by none other than Dan Mintz, who voices Tina on Bob's Burgers, which is funny because if you remember uh, Jake Jr., Jake's daughter, is voiced by Kristen Schaal, 
who voices Louise. So there are siblings in both Bob's Burgers and Adventure Time for the shows that they voice act in, which I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, neat little tidbit there. Otherwise, the the whole concept of them controlling their others, uh, each other's body without you know them having any input whatsoever was really creepy and weird. And honestly, when the hijinks weren't happening, I found it kind of disgusting and really, really strange. But Jake even mentions at one point that when Finn climbs into his body, it pushes his brain and makes him lose control of his own body, which is weird. Uh, and Finn doesn't mention that that is the case for him, but it's heavily implied. So either way, this was a strange episode and a very weird one to start off. Uh, I was very confused by this one, not gonna lie. Season 5, episode 28, Be More, is actually really interesting. It starts out in a pretty harmless way with Bemo deleting his System 32, causing him to have all sorts of errors and glitches and blue screens. And Finn and Jake find him in a really whacked up state, and they say that they're going to take him to the hospital, but he explains that basically he needs to go back to the factory that he was created in and get new core system drivers. So, essentially, Finn and Jake and BMO head off to head to the MoCo headquarters where all robot MOs are made. And they arrive, and essentially, it's revealed that only Moes are allowed inside. So, Finn and Jake both disguise themselves as Moes. Jake being, of course, J-Mo, and Finn being, of course, F-Mo. And they go inside the building, and they basically explain that they need their uh, core system drivers. And the... Uh, the desk bot is basically explaining to them that if they get new core system drivers, that means their memory will also have to be wiped. And so they're like, haha, we were just joking. We just wanted to come back and get a tour and reminisce. And the robot's like, yeah, reminisce, sure. And basically the robot gives them a tour and they attempt to slip away and get BMO some new drivers only to find BMO uh, does not have a really easily accessible port anywhere in the factory. It seems all of the BMO ports have been closed up. And so naturally, the security guards come after them, the SMOs, and they have to run away, and they manage to trick the security guards and uh, pretend to be one of them. And BMO hacks into one and finds that there is a BMO uh, system core driver uplink station uh, below them, so they have to descend into this massive factory deep, deep underground, and they end up completely missing their mark in the floor where the uh, BMO uplink station is, and instead they find themselves in a strange bunker-like room, and inside is none other than Mo himself, and it's revealed that there are more than just BMO. There's actually millions of different MOs, and each of the different models with the corresponding letter have various different functions. And Mo himself, the creator of MoCo and the BMOs, has 
kept himself alive all these thousands of years since the apocalypse hit the land of Ooh, and it slowly morphed into what we know it as today. And Mo is only alive because he has created artificial body parts for himself that have unnaturally extended his life. And Mo explains that Bimo is a -a one-of-a-kind Mo, and the reason for that is he built Bimo to be his son's best friend. And uh, he basically reveals that he never ended up having a son because he never could get in with any ladies. And so he ended up just sending Bimo out in the hopes of him finding a new little boy to be his best friend. And of course, he stumbled upon Finn and Jake, as we saw in the uh, Bimo episode of Adventure Time Distant Lands, which is the first thing that we reviewed on this episode. And so uh, Mo quickly fixes up Bimo's core system drivers and opens up a hatch deeper into the factory to show him all of the millions of Moes that live underground in peace and harmony. And he says, like, here's your friends. Here's your family, Bimo. And they're like, hi, Bimo. And then Bimo smiles, and that's the end of the episode. So here are some other things that I would like to note as well. Was this a filler episode? No, I didn't think so, because it furthered Bimo's plotline. No, I did did not spot the snail, and no, there were no fart jokes. Uh, The cutest part was definitely when Bimo got to reunite with his family and was all smiley. I loved that for him. Um, The coolest part was the fact that Mo was still alive after these thousands of years by uh, basically replacing his body with artificial parts. And literally, they are Mo's themselves. So his heart is literally like a little Bimo that's shaped like a heart, which I thought was cool. Um, The funniest part was definitely when Finn and Jake tried to be Moe's themselves to try and sneak in to MoCo, and it was kind of mixed success. Um, Also, the the robot that was trying to lasso Bimo to wipe his memory and install his new drivers was called Emo, which I just thought was kind of funny. He didn't look Emo or anything like that. I just thought it was funny that there was one called Emo. And uh, the Esmo bots were the security robots, and they kept doing funny work hijinks, like hanging out in the break room and pretending to drink coffee and eat donuts, and I thought that was pretty funny. Um, But Bimo, as far as we know, is the only model of his type, and we met other models in some other episodes, but as it turns out, there are more than one of pretty much every other model, so... The last thing I wanted to note is Mo himself reveals that BMO actually stands for Be More because BMO was designed to be sort of more human than the other Mo's by understanding how to have fun and how to enjoy himself and how to play with humans. So we really got some serious backstory on BMO in this episode and I really enjoyed it. And it was so cool seeing all the different Mo's and learning more about MoCo. It was a great glimpse into the world before the apocalypse, so really good episode. Season 5, episode 29, is an episode that furthers the relationship of Princess Bubblegum and Marceline, and the episode's title is Sky Witch. 
So basically in this episode, we find Princess Bubblegum in the Candy Kingdom, and she's having some of her subjects and Finn and Jake try out this new sleep spray that she equipped the Royal Gumball Guards with to try and protect them from uh, basically anybody attacking the Candy Kingdom. And she's trying to teach them how to uh, basically not be affected by the sleeping gas when they all pass out except for her. And Marceline shows up begging Princess Bubblegum for help to get into these evil woods to meet up with Maja the Sky Witch and steal back her precious stuffed bear Hambo, which if you recall from the previous episodes, she received shortly after the apocalypse from the Ice King, a.k.a. Simon, uh, when he rescued her and they were like, you know, wandering around uh, the mysterious post-apocalypse world. And so it's really sentimental to her, and her ex-boyfriend, Ash, sold it to Maja, the Sky Witch, and she really, really wants to steal it back. But she knows that she needs Princess Bubblegum's help because she can't get past the magical barrier into Maja's woods. And PB's kind of hesitant at first, but Marceline already grabbed her backpack full of gadgets, so naturally they head out into the woods. And this is the first episode that's been solely featured on these two, so we kind of get to see a glimpse into their sort of dynamic in this episode, and I really, really enjoyed the insight. Uh, but basically, they arrive to the woods, and they have to solve some uh, puzzle to get into the woods itself. It was kind of a Harry Potter uh, thing where they had to relax on the vines, like lay on the vines and relax, and they would sink through. And basically, once they got in the woods, there was some fighting, and they had to fight Krabbit, which is basically Maja the Sky Witch's evil familiar, who is a shadowy half-rabbit, half-crow creature. And they make their way to Maja's manor, and basically Maja's manor is really, really cool as well, because it's in the reflection of a lake, which I thought was really neat. And once they get in there, uh, immediately Marceline is caught back up fighting against uh, the Krabbit again. And Princess Bubblegum kind of goes for it and tries to find this, uh, this rabbit, Hambo. And she uses this really cool, like, intuition ability she apparently has to use science to rule out all of the possible paths in the house and find the one path that was most likely to have Hambo, which was really, really neat. And she climbs up there, and she runs into Maja the Sky Witch herself, and Maja basically uh, provides her with a receipt showing that she purchased it legally, and Princess Bubblegum would have to break the law to steal it back. So instead, Princess Bubblegum has to make a trade, and she trades Maja the bear for her band t-shirt that she got with Marceline back in the good old days when they used to hang out a lot and they were really good friends. And the band t-shirt was established in a previous episode where uh, Marceline sings the like, do you not like that or do you just not like me? Sorry, I can't, sorry, I don't treat you like a goddess. You know that episode, the musical episode. Uh, the band t-shirt is basically a sentimental thing between the two of them that shows that they once had a really great friendship and Princess Bubblegum still sleeps in it every single night, but she ends up having to give it up in order to trade with Maja for Hambone back, or Hambo, I mean. And so she does that, 
and PB heads back to the foyer where Marceline and Crabbit uh, are still fighting and hands it back to Marceline and they flee. And after we see PB and Marceline flee, we cut back to Maja's manor and we see her inside basically admiring the t-shirt that she's received and Kravit comes in and is like, what the fuck, they got away with Hambone. And Maja explains that what she was really after was the emotions tied up in the object, but this t-shirt has even more emotions tied up in it. Which is interesting because if you remember, Hambo is literally Marceline's connection to her father figure, the Ice King. Uh, the guy who saved her during the apocalypse. So, you know, it's a pretty big emotional deal to her. But apparently, that band t-shirt is more of a deal to Princess Bubblegum than the teddy bear is to Marceline. So, there's some serious stuff in their past that we have yet to see, but it's very emotional stuff, apparently. And uh, Krabbit explains he doesn't want to be Maja's familiar anymore. He wants to be a dancer, so Maja proceeds to shock the fuck out of him while he runs away, and it zooms in on her menacing face, and that's the end of the episode, presumably setting her up to be a bigger villain down the line. So that's where that one leaves off. Let's get into my notes, shall we? Alrighty, so was this a filler episode? No, for obvious reasons. Did I spot the snail? Also, no. I was having a really hard time for some reason, even though I was paying more attention than usual. Um, and were there any fart jokes? No, there were not. Some cool moments in this episode included the fact that PB and Marceline got to have their own adventure at all. That was pretty sweet. Um, and also, Princess Bubblegum had a bunch of gadgets, including one called the Goo Goo Mama Meter and the Goo Goo Mama meter was going absolutely babies, so uh, that was pretty interesting. And there was also an interesting animation scene in this episode where basically Princess Bubblegum was running, and the camera pulled behind her back and was, like, chasing after her, and it was cool because you don't really see that kind of thing in this show. It was almost more of, like, a 3D shot with a 2D perspective, which I thought was really interesting. Um, also, there was a part where uh, that Crobit guy showed up, as I mentioned before. And I just wanted to mention, he's a really cool dude. Um, he looked really neat. He was basically, like, shadowy, and he could, like, shapeshift and stuff, which was really cool. Uh, interesting character, for sure. I hope he shows up again. Uh, funniest parts of the episode, for sure, included when PB finds a box labeled, like, privates or something like that and uh freaking uh pb pulls down the box to reveal the contents and says like let's get into those biddies which is a pretty you know on the nose joke um also there was the part where on the receipt manja had written down that she received the teddy bear hambo from ash who was a weenus <laughs> that was pretty funny that she wrote down that he was a weenus and she said I even called him a weenus on the receipt as a personal joke to myself which just kind of set up Maja as this really annoying character so but good stuff there uh, it was also funny when uh Krabbit revealed that he wanted to be a dancer instead of Maja's familiar and Maja started shocking him as he was running away 
Um, otherwise, I think that's really about it for this one. Really interesting, solid episode. I hope we get some more about uh, the Princess Bubblegum Marceline backstory eventually here. I know there's a whole episode of Adventure Time Distant Lands that's focused on it, so I don't know how much more we'll get in the show, uh, but if you recall, we are going to be covering that after we finish up the main series, so... Yeah, but we'll have to see how that goes. Maybe we'll get some more lore in the show itself. Season 5, episode 30, Frost and Fire, marks the end of Finn and Flame Princess's relationship. Let's get into it. So, Finn and Flame Princess are having a picnic outside of the treehouse when all of a sudden the Ice King floats by and begins to heckle them. And basically, he starts to make fun of them and say that they need to get a room and all this stuff and just starts to really annoy Finn. And Flame Princess sees Finn's getting annoyed and starts to get annoyed by the Ice King herself. So she beats the absolute shit out of him, flinging him back to the Ice Kingdom as basically a projectile that she throws. And Finn watches all this, and he really, really likes it. And we fast forward to later that night, and Finn actually has a dream where he is basically being burnt on the groin and buttocks area by Flame Princess and he's fucking loving it, this absolute weirdo. Basically, we learn in this episode that Finn has both a submissive fetish and also he has uh, like kind of dominatrix pain fetish, uh, which I'm not fetish shaming, it's just weird for the fact that he's a child and this is technically a children's show, but either way, he loves the dream that he had so much and he gets his rocks off so hard to it that the next day he invites Flame Princess to a picnic in the Ice Kingdom with the hopes that he can coerce them into fighting once again. And they're having the picnic and the Ice King comes by with his groceries and he's being pretty wholesome and he's like, oh, beautiful day for a picnic, ain't it, children? And he continues on his merry way. But Finn whispers over to Flame Princess that the Ice King's trying to insult them. And so they begin to fight once again. Except this time things are different because the Ice King ends up beating Flame Princess. And after their date is concluded, Finn heads back to the treehouse and falls asleep for the night. And in his dream, he has a weird dream where the Ice King is freezing his groin and buttocks instead of Flame Princess burning them. And in the background, the Cosmic Owl is laughing at him. And basically, Finn wakes up pissed off because he did not like that. So he once again tries to coerce a fight so Flame Princess can have her retribution. And the way he does it is he forges a letter from each of them to each other, calling them a bunch of insults and things like that. And this sparks an absolutely massive duel. And essentially, uh, the Flame Princess and the Ice King duke it out for a little bit. And it's a really cool and epic and cinematic fight. And what ends up ultimately happening is the Flame Princess ends up basically destroying the Ice Kingdom. She melts everything to the point where there's like 
knee-deep water everywhere in the Ice Kingdom. Mountains are being destroyed. Tons and tons of horrible things are happening. And it's to the point where Gunter and the Ice King himself are trapped under large sheets of ice that she melted and made fall on them. And Finn realizes he fucked up and he's got to put a stop to this. So he goes and he rescues the Ice King and Gunter. And basically, Flame Princess starts shooting fire at the two of them, not realizing Finn is there. And it almost hits Finn, but the Ice King stops it at the last minute. And then he passes out due to exhaustion. And that's when Flame Princess realizes the fight's gone on for too long and she apologizes. And Finn decides to own up to his horrible deed and tell Flame Princess that he egged them on and he was the reason why they got into a fight. And basically, at this very moment, Flame Princess is really, really mad at Finn because she destroyed an entire kingdom to sort of get back at the Ice King for being mean to her. And she realizes all the mean stuff that the Ice King said in the letter was written by Finn. So that's all mean things that Finn had thought about her to say as the Ice King. So she gets really upset and she basically says, like, I think we need to take a break and floats away. And that's sort of where this episode leaves off with Finn once again being single and sad all thanks to him being ignorant and dumb and fucking things up by trying to get his rocks off basically was this a filler episode i didn't really think so because this furthers the relationship arc i did not spot the snail and know there were no fart jokes uh there weren't really any cute moments in this episode but the cool part was definitely when flame princess and the ice king were fighting on this massive scale Flame Princess grew big and got engulfed in flames, and the Ice King even assembled like this ice mech, and they were fighting, and it was a really epic fight. Uh, the funniest part was definitely the fact that the Ice King, uh, when Flame Princess started attacking him, thought she was trying to steal his food and offered it immediately, but warned her that it was only frozen prune and liver. So that was pretty funny. Uh, Finn also had to do mouth-to-mouth on Gunter, thinking he had passed out, but actually he was fine, so uh, that was pretty funny. And the weirdest part of this episode was simply the fact that Finn had such a weird kink for Flame Princess basically beating the shit out of somebody. Like, he had a mommy fetish for Flame Princess, which is really, really strange for a child to have in a kid's show. Like, for real, you're not going to find me fetish-shaming, and you're not going to find me kink-shaming in real life, but we can admit this was kind of a weird episode, right? Now, before we get into this episode, I just want to say, Justin Roiland, bad man, I do not agree with his opinions. I do not agree with what he has done, assuming it's all true, which it seems very likely that it is. Uh, Justin Roiland equals bad. Anyway, uh, Season 5, Episode 31, Too Old, is another Lemon Grab episode. And essentially, uh, Finn and Princess Bubblegum are heading to the Lemon Kingdom to basically have a diplomatic dinner uh, with the Lemon Grabs. And it is explained right off the bat that the reason that Jake isn't there is because Finn straight up lied to Princess Bubblegum and said that 
Jake couldn't make it. And Finn straight up lied to Jake and said that Princess Bubblegum only asked for him specifically, which is bullshit. And it, the reason that he did that is because he is wasting no time and immediately is trying to get back with Princess Bubblegum now that him and Flame Princess are through. And so they arrive at the Kingdom of Lemon and immediately they are greeted by the now very large original Lemon Grab and the half-eaten Lemon Grab 2 that wears the white, if you recall from the previous episode. And they sit down for dinner and Finn kind of makes these really forward, like, moves to flirt with Princess Bubblegum, which is annoying. And the, uh, the next thing that happens is they do, like, a stage show and they just have a dinner. Well, Princess Bubblegum gets bored of everything and heads out to basically just roam around and try and get this dinner over with without her having to interact with the lemon grabs as much as possible. In the dungeon, she stumbles upon a small lemon person named Lemon Hope who is playing a lute, and basically they appear to be very young and smart and studious, and they play the lute quite well. And Princess Bubblegum immediately basically says she wants to take Lemon Hope back to the Candy Kingdom and give him a proper education. But unfortunately, as soon as she unlocked the cell door, Lemon Hope's loot playing bled out into the dining hall and made the Lemon Grabs very upset. And so Lemon Grabs come to the dungeon and basically tell Princess Bubblegum that Lemon Hope's not going anywhere because he's staying locked up in the dungeon. And when they resist, Lemon Grab grabs Lemon Hope princess bubblegum and finn and locks them all into that like force field jail cell from the previous lemon grab episode and ultimately what ends up happening is the uh lemon hope plays finn's flutes and it makes such a high-pitched and awful sound because lemon hope does not know how to play the flute that lemon grab actually loves it and they come in and they turn off the force field prison so they can hear more of it and that is when they flee and essentially uh, lemon grab uses the shock remote that he's installed on all of the residents of the lemon kingdom to force them to try and capture lemon hope and pb and finn and they are so close to escaping but they all surround them and everything looks bleak when the white lemon grab who is over half eaten has basically uh managed to stop the shot callers and basically disables them and makes them fall off all the lemon people and then tells the lemon people to help them escape which they all do and in the final moments of the episode we see the white lemon grab be consumed by the original lemon grab and Lemon Hope looks sadly as he makes his escape. So basically to recap the relations here, the Candy Kingdom is now once again enemies with the Lemon Kingdom folk, and I guess the hope with uh, Lemon Hope is that basically he can grow up and reclaim the Lemon Kingdom for himself as a much more... Uh, 
you know, mindful leader that's willing to work with the Candy Kingdom in a much more easygoing and diplomatic way. So Princess Bubblegum takes it upon herself to try and raise Lemon Hope. And we'll see if anything comes of this or if this was a one-off gag. But let's refer to my notes here, shall we? So was this a filler episode? Um... I said no because it continued the lemon grab story, but you could make a case that it was. I did not spot the snail, and no, there were no fart jokes. Uh, the coolest part of the episode was definitely when uh, Lemon Grab 2 was half eaten, so they were floating around on a hover chair. I loved the sounds that it made, but the hover chair itself was just really cool. Um, and also, whenever Finn calls up Jake to kind of catch him up on the situation, Bimo is constantly trying to hop into the bathtub and Jake has to stop him because he's obviously going to short himself out if he falls into the bath. Um, also, there was a part of the episode that I glossed over in my quick synopsis where uh, Finn basically manages to convince Princess Bubblegum to prank Lemon Grab to try and get back at him. And all they do is put baking soda and vinegar in his pudding so when he mixes it, it foams up a little bit but it doesn't bother him anymore. Like, he is unfazed by pranks now, which I find really funny. And he's just kind of like, mm, what is this? Some weird moments in the episode included the fact that the Lemon Grabs put on this really weird stage play, which they found very entertaining. But basically all it was was one lemon person yelling and another lemon person hitting themselves. That's all that the stage play was. Also, it was weird because the toilets in the Lemon Kingdom are apparently, like, juicers. Like, literally, it looks like a toilet, but on the inside of the bowl, there's just a juicer, which I thought was kind of a funny gag, but also kind of weird to think about. And also the fact that Lemon Grab had shock collars on all of his citizens and was shocking them to obey him was very strange. Uh, other things to note, Finn lying to Jake and Princess Bubblegum so he could get more personal time with PB was just kind of annoying, and I do not like that Finn is immediately trying to get with Princess Bubblegum again. And also I wanted to note that this was one of the first episodes where I actually actively agreed with Princess Bubblegum, because she was not having any of Finn's advances whatsoever. Literally, she was just like, shut the fuck up, kid. We're not getting together. Stop it right now. And Finn just kept pushing and pushing and pushing, and it was so annoying. There was even a part where uh, Princess Bubblegum was basically like, no, Finn, we're not doing any more pranks. I do not like playing these games. And Finn was like, do you not like playing games or do you not like playing little boy games? And she got like so frustrated. And for once I was like, yes, yes, Princess Bubblegum. But yeah, I guess that's basically this n episode in a nutshell. It was annoying Finn, annoying Lemon Grabs, and somewhat sensible Princess Bubblegum. <laughs> Well, folks, all jokes aside, there we have it. The first episode of Hyrulean Reviews Adventure Time for 2023. I honestly had a lot of fun getting back into this series, and I forgot how much I actually really enjoyed the episodes of the show. It helps that there was a good amount of fan service in these couple episodes that we just got done reviewing, but I really am excited to get back into the nitty-gritty and kind of continue following up on the lore. 
I think watching the entire episode all the way through and then writing my notes and trying to keep the actual episode summary down is working out really well. And I think as a rule of thumb in the future, it's a good idea for me to try and make my reviews shorter than the actual episode itself because I was running into this problem where it was basically like, why should somebody listen to me talk about an episode for 12 minutes where they could just watch the episode in 11 minutes or whatever. So I think we did a pretty good job streamlining our review process here. Hopefully I can stick to it and even further improve it as we continue into 2023. God knows I'm excited to get back into it. So folks, either way, I hope you enjoyed listening to these reviews. I've been your host, Hyrulean. This is Hyrulean Reviews Adventure Time. Have a fantastic day, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.